So ask God to, to refresh you tonight. I pray that you'd be refreshed when you leave here. Remember your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ, guys. We win. We're winning. We're going to win tomorrow. We're going home soon. There's a lot of work still left to be out there. And God is revealing himself in his body out there in the world. Amen. We come in here to encourage. We come in here to be instructed. We come in here that we can have unity. The word of God goes forth, builds our faith. And, and God is building us up for the work of the ministry in the house and outside the house. Amen. Have you heard that we are the body of Christ? Amen. We're, we're baptized into one body. If you're born again here tonight, you have entered into a new kingdom. You have literally become part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it was expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go, he won't come. We're talking about he, the Holy Spirit. He said, but if I go, I will send him. He will be a comforter to you. He'll be a helper to you. He's going to lead you, guide you, and direct you into all truth. He says, when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He said, greater things you'll do because I go to my Father. That greater works or greater things that you'll do. It's because you had one man, Jesus Christ, in his bodily form. There was nothing beautiful about the man Jesus, according to the scriptures. There was no beauty that people were like, oh my gosh, this is the most gorgeous man. And we're going to follow him for that. His countenance was normal like any of us in this room. Amen. I'm sure he was nice looking, but I don't know. It just says there was no beauty that people would just behold that beauty. Amen. And so there was something about the man Jesus when he walked through this world. People were seeing something from his life. And I believe what they were seeing from his life was everything that was inside of him coming out. Everywhere the, he went, his hands were, were, were stretched out to heal people. His hands were stretched out to feed people. His knees, he would go down to his knees and use his hands to wash people's feet. He was speaking the word of God everywhere that he went. There were miracles coming from his life. He was full of love and full of compassion. And he knew he could, he, he was acquainted with the people, with the grief of the people. And everywhere that he went, Though they weren't looking at his physical body as some beautiful appearance, but what was coming out of that man was what the world was beholding. And his fame went out everywhere throughout the region. It wasn't because he had this huge rock star ministry smoke, you know, big, you know, all these types of things going on that you may see in the world today. He was just a simple man, a carpenter. There was nothing about him that was any different than the people. Yet there was something about him that calls people to look upon him and calls people to see him. Amen. So I want to start with that tonight. I want you to turn for a moment in Ephesians 3. And I'm praying for us. I'm praying for us. Ephesians 3. Let's quickly run through this just for the sake of time. But I want to start it with this passage because we're going to end in this. And I want to pray for one another tonight, including my own life. We've read this passage multiple times. I want to look at it again. Paul's talking to believers here at the church at Ephesus. And I believe he's talking to all of us today and anybody else that would read this passage. It says in verse 14, he's talking to believers. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom the whole family in heaven is fitly joined together. He says that he would grant unto you, that's all of us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Amen. That we being rooted and grounded in love. We may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ. 
which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen? Turn back one or two pages, and I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 15. It says, Wherefore also, after I heard of your faith, he's talking to believers here again, in the Lord Jesus, and unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is what he's praying for. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. In the saints. That's us here tonight. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power. To usward who believe. That's us in here tonight. According to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this world. But also that which is to come. Amen? And so this is what the Apostle Paul was praying for believers. And I believe that this, is, this would be my prayer for me. And this would be my prayer for you. Is that God would enlighten us. And be, be able to give us the ability. To be able to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the fullness of all. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him which filleth all in all. Amen. So I believe God is wanting us to see this fellowship, this mystery of the body of Christ. Pastor Lee teaches it from this pulpit quite often. I want to I give you a picture today that the Lord showed me years ago when I was doing my landscape work. God began to reveal to me things because every day I'm planting things, I'm watering things, I'm trimming things. And all of these things, uh, when you look at everyday life, God would be like giving me like this parable in my workplace. The kingdom of God is likened unto and, and I would be out doing all this work. So, but I just wanted you to, for a moment to remember, I'm not going to go there for the sake of time. In Genesis 1, it talks about God creating this world. And it goes on to say that he created, you know, the stars. He created light. He created the, the, all the sea creatures. He created all the other creatures. He created the dark from the light. And, it, and, he, and several times in there, it says he looked at it or looked upon it and it was good. When he looked at it, it was good to him. So as he's creating everything that he create, when he got through creating it for that particular day, it was good. Y'all ever create something? And when you get done, sometimes you say, well, I don't know if that, if that is good. And everybody else is coming around going, oh my goodness, that looks so good. But then there's times when you do something and you look at your what you've created and you go, wow, that's good. How many of you love creating things? Building things, designing things. Now, you may not be an architect. You might not be an engineer or or a designer of some sort. But it is in every one of us to be a creator. Because we're created in the image of God. And God is creator. He loves to create. When he created us, it was good. And everything that he created within us, to him, it was good. Every single member of the body, the way the body functions, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, uh, the pancreas, all the way down to all the little mechanisms and organisms and, and, and things that are going on in your body to take care of itself, 
I believe God in all of his words would say, it was good or it is good. You know, I made you perfectly. I wrought you in your mama's womb so that when you come out, you are perfectly made the way that I want you. And if you look around this room, everybody's different. We all look different. We have different personalities. We smell different. We, we laugh differently. We have different characteristics about ourselves. God did not make everybody the same. And he didn't make robots. He gave you a free will. And he gave you the ability to make choices. And he gave you the ability and the talents to do all sorts of things. Caleb Sherry can do things that I can't do. Tammy can do things that I can't do. I may be able to do things that you can't do. Bill Nipper can do things that I can't do. And everybody has a part to play in this world with their different things. They have doctors and lawyers and all these things. God is a physician, right? He's the great physician and he put into man. Some people have the ability to be a physician. They're not healers, but they're physicians. He's the, he, God is an attorney or a lawyer. You know, he's the one that makes judgments. There's joyer, lawyers and judges and things like that. But God gives his, his different attributes to people because he said, let's make man in our image. And when he did, he said it was good. Amen? So that's us tonight. So I'm just giving you a little snapshot of that uh, as we get into this. So God said it was good. I'm going to give you another picture tonight. How many of you ever been to Colorado? How many of you have not been to Colorado? Okay, keep your hands up. Make that your kick-the-bucket list, Colorado. All right? Estes Park. It's a cool place to go. Have you ever, anybody in here that you haven't been to Colorado, you've been somewhere that was just absolutely breathtaking. Maybe it was Gatlinburg, maybe it was the Philippines, maybe it was somewhere around the, around the world, somewhere in the, in the country. But maybe you have stood on a pinnacle or stood on a, a cliff and you're looking out at all of what you're looking at. Whether you're in the jungles of Peru, whether you're in the jungles of Honduras, whether you're in Colorado, wherever you are, just think of that place for a moment where you literally stood breathless looking at all of creation and you're like, Wow, I think everybody in here has experienced that. If you hadn't, I have no words for you. Surely sometime, if nothing, go outside and just look at the magnolia trees out there. They're beautiful. But everybody in here, I believe, has stood somewhere and went, wow, this is really beautiful. And then as you stood there, you begin to ponder it. And you're looking at the sky. And you're looking at the clouds and you're looking at, at the mountains. Maybe if you're standing in Colorado, you'd be looking at the mountains in the distance and the rocks. And there's all different shades of trees and there's all different shades of rocks. And there's all different shades in the landscape of what God created in one breath. Amen. How many of you know that soon we're going to spend eternity in a new heaven and a new earth? Oh boy. You just, the, the, the little glimpse that you got when you went, wow, that's really pretty. Can you imagine every day being able to look at things like that in this new earth? No sin, no struggling with your flesh like you might be right now, tired and beat down. Look, we're going to have a brand new body, guys. No more tiredness, no more dragging, no more trials, no more troubles, no more traffic of Baton Rouge. We're going to be free. No more cell phones. Just majestic God and all of his glory. Amen. It's coming soon. Be waiting. God's coming soon. Amen. Hallelujah. I can't wait for that moment. Y'all excited tonight as me? We should be. So you're looking at this scene and you're like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. 
And when you look at all of the little things that are in there, imagine if you pulled everything out of the picture except just the lake. It wouldn't be near as pretty without all the other things. And imagine if you had a pair of binoculars that would look down in the lake and see all of the, 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 the I said the ocean creatures, but they're not in lakes. But all the, the, the fish and everything that would swim, swim under the water in the lake. If you had binoculars and you could see down into that lake, you would be like, wow. Now you can see everything out here, everything that's going on here, and all the, the creatures in the water. And then let's say you could look through the woods and see all the animals. Y'all getting a picture of this? If you could just blurt out all the trees and all of a sudden your vision now focuses on every animal in the woods. That you couldn't see without these specific binoculars on. Now you can see the sea creatures and all the animals and the little bugs and the frogs and and the birds with every color. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You see a bird, you go, oh my gosh, I've never seen a bird like that. Or you see a frog or a spider and you're like, whoa, look at the colors on this thing. And some of you are like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Or you see a snake and you're like, I don't know about that. But it's like you see all of these different things that God created perfectly for his glory and for his will. And he intended when he created all of that. When humans look upon it. You can't help but say wow. Even lost people look upon it and go wow. Romans 1 says man is without excuse. If he can't see that God created. Then what else does he say? Oh man you are without excuse. To not believe that I am God. Just look around at everything and you'll even see my bodily Godhead in all of creation. Amen. So even lost people look upon the creation of God and they go, wow, that's good. Amen. And so that's a picture that I wanted to draw to you for a moment. Because I want to talk about your life for just a moment in this body and out in that world. The Bible says that we shouldn't forsake ourselves assembling together. Here we are tonight. You could have stayed home tonight, very tired. I'm tired too. We could have stayed home. But you literally, I applaud you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus for assembling yourselves. Everybody in this room is important when we assemble together. Because when we assemble together, I guarantee at least half of you are going to walk out of here tonight and go, man, I'm so glad I went to church. I feel so much better. I'm not gloomy no more. And I'm not trying to give you a pep talk, but I believe the Holy Ghost is stirring some energy in you tonight. Some strength tonight. Some good spirit-filled happiness here tonight. There's, a, there's enough frowny faces in the world. I, I could write a book on the frowny face. My wife comes and encourages me quite often. And when she does, I feel so much better. God is on my side. I'm winning. I'm on the winning side. Amen. But I want to draw this picture because God is trying to get through our tiredness and let you know how important you are to him. Not only in this church building, but when you go out into the world, there is a display that God is trying to get through your life. He didn't leave you in the world so that you can walk around down depressed. It's hard and I'm tired and it's hot. That's Jeff Lee. That is not, he's supposed to die daily and and walk in the spirit of God. And not that we're clicking our heels together. I get it when we're going through rough times. But I think a lot of times I give the devil a lot of credit in my hard times. Because I start focusing in on those hard times. And God's trying to say, hey, I'm taking you through these hard times. Because I'm setting you up as a display in the midst of the hard times for all the world out there to look upon your life. 
Just like if they look at that creation, they're looking upon my spirit, born again, created inner man people. How about that? Amen? But God's wanting to, to, to set us up to represent us to the world. These people belong to me. And so there's something about your life that people are going to notice. You're going to be a mouth and a hand and a foot and an ear and an eye to the people out there. A lot of times we think the body of Christ functions in here. I believe the body of Christ does function in here and right out them doors, straight out into a world that needs to see the body of Christ more than we do in here. Amen. That world needs to see the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave and I'm going to send my spirit to come in you. And now instead of just one man, I'm going to send all of you that have my spirit out into that world. So that world can see the beauty of who I really am. All right. So this is who we are. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick. First Corinthians chapter 12. The book of the gifts of God. Hallelujah. We're going to look at it tonight. Just for a moment. This is the last scripture I'm turning to. Amen. First Corinthians. Chapter 12. I want you to read with me. Let's start in verse 4. Stay with me. Everybody there. I want you to really read this with me. If you're able to read your Bibles tonight. Because I'm going to point out a few things. That I really want you to go home and meditate on. I mean, know it's good to meditate on the word of God day and night. Study to show yourself approved, a man or a woman that's rightly able to divide the word of truth. Amen. Let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. Amen. Don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Y'all there? First Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now there are differences of gifts, but the same spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Has brought gifts to every one of you. If you're born again here tonight. There are gifts that God has placed in your life. Okay. There's different, different gifts but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations. But the same Lord. And there are differences in operations. But it is the same God. Who worketh all in all. Can y'all hear? Every time it ends. God. God. Spirit of God, the Lord, God is working. So God is the one that puts these there. But the manifestation of the Spirit. I looked up that word manifestation. It means a public display. So the public display of the Spirit is given to every man that's born again. Because you got to be born of the Spirit. So the public manifest or the public dis, uh, you know, display of the Spirit. Is given to every man to profit all. Those gifts are given. I believe not only to profit all of us. But I believe it brings profit to the world out there as well. To profit all. For to one is given by the spirit. Word of wisdom. So maybe in here when we're gathered together. God would give you a word of wisdom. And I believe when we go out into the world. How many times have you ministered to people where God gave you a word of wisdom for a lost person. And they're like, wow, you just read my mail. You must be a woman of God. You must be a man of God. And they give you an ear and they begin to listen to the gospel. And maybe they get born again. To another word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another working miracles. To another prophecy. 
to another discerning spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of those tongues. But all these work that one and same self spirit. So all of these work by the same Holy Spirit of God. And God, it it says, dividing to every man severally as he wills. That means that there are going to be all of these gifts, gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, uh, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different types of tongues, interpretations. And all of that's given by the Spirit. And it's given out or divided among the body of Christ, the people of God, as God chooses to do it. So in Colorado, if you go into Estes Park and you stand right in the middle of the city, God said, this is what I want Estes Park, Colorado to look like right here. Boom. And he put a lake here. And he puts mountains here. Tall one there, smaller one there, bigger one here, snow cap here. And then you got all these big, what's those yellow leaf trees that everybody gets crazy about there? Aspens. Carla would have been, Aspens! Aspen trees. They make the most beautiful yellow leaves you've ever seen. If you go in fall, it's like, oh, wow. But God put all of those things in Estes Park as he chose to do it. Because he chose to do it. He's the architect. And you're not going to change it. You go plant a palm tree there and it's not going to work. All right? God placed all of those trees right there in that region, at that place, for everybody to look upon it and see the glory of God. So you have different churches around. You have the church at Ephesus, church at Thessalonica. You got church in Florida over there where Brother uh, Jared's at. You got church in Phil- up in Philadelphia. You got church here at FNT. You got church all over the place. And God at that church takes a congregated people together. How many know that God brought you into this church? I drive 17 miles to get here, and I know this is where God brought me 22 years ago. This is my church home. God brought me here and planted me right in this region of this building among you people. Sorry about that, but God did it. Go to him. He's God. And he has chosen every one of you specifically to be in the body of Christ at First New Testament Church right now, this dispensation of time in this world. So we're going through a rough time in the world. Hallelujah. So what is God doing? God is taking his people and equipping them to work the ministry in the house and outside the house. That way we're built up in here. We're encouraging one another. Every gift is sovereignly working to profit everybody in here. So that we're built up strong in our faith. We're built up in the ministry. We're healed. We're ministered to. Words of wisdom are coming to us. Prophesied. Prophetic words are given to us. Different miracles are working. Every time we get together, there's another testimony of another miracle. Something else God did. Another healing. Amen? People getting saved. Words of wisdom being delivered out. People being encouraged and built up and strengthened. Everybody in here could say amen to that. Because that's what God is doing right now among First New Testament Church. And he's doing it all over the world. He's doing it all over the world, everywhere that I go. And I'm listening to things. I'm watching God move all over. There's a lot of evil out there, and there's a lot of good that God is doing. Let's talk about that. Amen? Let's talk about what God is doing. Think on those good things. Amen? I'm preaching to myself. Hallelujah. Amen. So God gives it. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one, 
and has many members, and all the members of that body being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, verse 13, we all are baptized into one body, born again. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew, a Gentile, bond or free. We've all been made to drink in one spirit. If you've put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're born of God from that profession from your mouth, the heart believes, the mouth confesses, the spirit of God comes to live. We've now been baptized into the body of Christ. Therefore, you become a member of this body of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the body, verse 14, is not one member, but it's many members. If the foot shall say, because I'm not a hand, am I not of the body? It is, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, well, I'm not an eye, am I not part of the body? Is it not there, part of the body? And if the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? Y'all get this? And if the whole were a hearing, where's the smelling? Verse 18, this is what I want you to zone in on. But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleases him. We don't set ourselves in the body. We don't say, look, I think I'll be this or that. God is the one that sets the gifts. God is one that distributes the gifts. So one night, he might say, through Michelle, she may get up and give a word of wisdom. And through another, maybe get up or go to somebody with a word of faith, with, with, with great faith. And be able to say, Lord, I, you know, brother, I know what you're going through. God built my faith in this area. I'm going to build your faith. Because my faith is really strong in this area that you're dealing with. And I'm, I'm here nourishing him. Nobody knows it's happening. It could just be between me and him. And then for another one, uh, you know, prophecies given. Maybe someone would give a prophetic word in here. And to another, and to another, and to another. And at any given time, how many of you have laid hands on somebody and, and you, heard, you found out they were, they were healed? God gave that gift for that moment. And then three weeks later, you lay hands on somebody and they weren't healed. Okay? So at any given time, God is distributing the, these types of giftings and, and the workings of God as it pleases him at any given time. So your life is valuable in the body of Christ. Because if you're here, then God can work through somebody in this room. Doesn't matter if you're big, small, and it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. God is the one that distributes the gifts. So don't think that, well, I'm a weaker vessel. I just hadn't been in church long. I don't know enough scripture. I know I'm born again, but, you know, I've only been born again for 10 days. And I don't know scripture like such and such. Or I've only, I, you know, I've been born again for 20 years, but I don't teach Bible studies. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. You know, I don't never get opportunities to do this or that. So I'm just, I'm just less than such and such. Or I'm, I don't feel like I can measure up to such and such. Everybody raise your hand because you're guilty, guilty, guilty of doing that. You don't have to expose yourself. I will expose myself. Because that's been me a multiple times. And you know what? There was a lot of times God wanted to do something through my life. And because of that mindset, God didn't do something. I've had times where God probed me to do something. Maybe pray for somebody. Maybe I had a tongue to give. And I didn't give it because, is it me? Is it God? Is it me? Is it God? I just don't know. I'm going to look stupid if it ain't right. So I'm just not going to do nothing. Come on. We're all guilty of that at some time or another. If not, I'm guilty of it. It's happened to me in the last 22 years more than once. 
But in that, God taught me the promptings. This is the way I want to use you. You didn't do it. I'll get somebody else to do it. And then when somebody else did what God prompted you to do, you're like, wow, that was God. I should have listened, right? But you learn from that. You learn how God wants to do these giftings in your life. So if the hand says he's not part of the body, you know, people get down for that. So look at verse 18. But God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleases him. And so, verse 19. And if they were all one member, where is the body? But now we are many members, but yet one body. So the eye can't say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor the feet can say, I have no need of thee. Look at verse 22. Nay, that's King James, or hey. Much more, those members of the body. Is everybody on verse 22? Because I really want you to get this. Much more, those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. Y'all read that? I've read this a, a bunch of times and all of a sudden I was like, whoa. M- much more, that's important, much more, listen to me now, much more, those members of the body which seem, to me they just seem less, or to myself I seem less, to be more feeble or weaker or of, ne- you know, not so necessary. They are necessary. Keep reading, it gets good. Verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. Wow. Upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts, just parts that maybe not have the greatest appearance to be something in the Lord. Our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God has tempered the body together. Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism or division among the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. Can we read that together and really emphasize on that? I believe God is hammering this home. There should be no division in the body, but that the members, doesn't matter what you do or how God uses your life, should have the same care one for another. The ones which we seem to be more feeble or less noticeable, we're going to bestow more honor on them. We're going to treat everybody the same. And I get there's respect of offices, but you still treat everybody the same. It doesn't matter if I'm an evangelist or if you're a person that have the gift of administrations. There's no difference in that. There's no partiality with God. God God doesn't show, you know, partiality and say, well, this person's a preacher, so this person's lesser in my eyes. So I'm going to cuddle and baby this one here, but this one over here, you know, you ain't got there yet. That's not the way God works. That's the way humans work. But that's not the way God works. We share the same love and the same care for everybody in the body. Doesn't matter if you're washing dishes. Doesn't matter if you're cleaning toilets. Doesn't matter if you're back in the floor. Doesn't matter if you're picking up for an outreach or setting up for an outreach. Doesn't matter if you're preaching an outreach. Doesn't matter if you're praying over people. Doesn't matter if you're giving out Bibles. It does matter. But I'm saying it doesn't matter in the sense of 
there is no partiality with God. Because if you don't have everybody functioning in their talents and gifts and abilities, then nothing gets done. Imagine if you left it all up to the preacher. You might as well not even have it. It's not going to happen. Or at least he would try to make it happen. And it would be a very hard thing to do. Y'all have done it. By yourself. Go, go lay 20 pallets of grass by yourself and see how it happened to you. It ain't fun. Amen. So last picture I'm going to draw. Let's finish this out just for a moment. Stay with me. Verse 26. And whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with that one member. Or if one member be honored, listen, we all rejoice with that one member. Y'all with me? Now, you are the body of Christ and members in particularly. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, works of miracles, gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the same gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly. The best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And when you go into 1 Corinthians 13. He talks about love. Which is the greatest gift. Any of us. Which we do have if you're born again. The gift of God has been. I mean the gift of love has been poured into your heart. By the spirit of God. Amen. Last thing I'm going to give you a picture of. So God is creator. And created all things as he willed. Now, I'm going to take the place of that right now, so follow with me. I was a landscape architect for 22 years. And I had the ability as the creator of the landscape. So, if you could just take for a moment, God created all the most beautiful landscape in the world. All the landscape you see. And I'm going to be a creator of that landscape as a man, as an architect, okay? So, I used to go to a job site where at that job site be like Lot 32 University Club. And we would go out to this lot and it would be a house with nothing on it. Concrete's been poured, just been graded out. It's my turn to come in and beautify this home. Now, I take this home as the designer and the creator of the landscape. And I would go in and I would begin to look at this thing. I knew exactly from the education that I had on landscape, I would look at the roof and see where the water comes down. I would look at which way the sun comes up, which way it sets, which way is north, which way is south. Because every single plant is going to be different, whether it gets a lot of water, little water, a lot of sun, no sun. And if you put the wrong plants in the wrong place, they're not going to function and work very well. So the, the designer or the architect needs to know those things. All right. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring beauty to the home so that everybody that comes by is going to notice the beauty that comes from that home. Because the landscape is going to take them and go, whoa, look at this. And, and the landscape takes you from the street to guide your eyes to the beauty of the home because everybody wants to see the outside of your home, right? So God wants everybody to see his church in the world. He wants everybody to look upon his church and not so much see the beauty of the appearance of the church, but the way that that church functions in the house and outside the house. When people looked in in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2 and people were given, they were loving each other, working together, and God added to the church daily, I believe, people were looking at their life. They had favor among all men. They were selling their possessions, giving those who had a need, and God added to the church daily. 
So as we build this landscape project, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the plants everywhere that they need to go. I'm going to put a big tree here. I'm going to put another big tree here. We got a blank wall here. We're going to put a smaller tree there that'll fill out in the, in the, in the, in the future. And then we're going to come down and we're going to add some rocks here. Because the customer likes rocks and some don't. This one does. I'm going to put a big boulder here. I'm going to put a smaller boulder here. And I'm going to take what I remembered seeing in Colorado. And I'm going to bring it to the people's house. We're going to put some plants behind. Coming up behind the rock. And then we're going to go down to the bottom. We're going to put some lantana. Butterflies love it. We're going to put some lantana down there. It smells good. When you walk out the front door. I can smell the lantana. And look at the beautiful butterflies. They don't even realize that I'm doing it for that reason. But when they get to enjoy their landscape, they're going to be like, man, this flower attracts bees, which are good, and butterflies. And then we're going to put the ground cover in. We're going to put the sod in. And we're going to step back out into the road when we're finished and go, wow, that is good. That was very arrogant and very prideful in the landscape field. I thought I was the best on the planet. And I would always go to the people and say, hey, we're going to do a job for you. This is my sales kick here. We're going to do the job for you. And I don't want any money up front. And I would tell the man, because you're working with the woman and the guy's the guy with the money, right? And so I would tell the people, I'd say, look, we're going to do this job for you. And you don't have to pay me anything up front. Pay me when I get through. I would make this smart out comment. I would say, hey, if, if you don't need duct tape to wrap your wife's jaw up so it doesn't fall on the, the floor, don't pay me. And the guy would, the, the man would be like, deal every time, deal every time. I'm doing that as a funny because I want you to pay attention to the end of this. So I would put all of that in and I would tell the people, I said, look, there's another thing that's going to happen. People are going to come by your house and they're going to be slamming on their brakes. You're going to have a lot of skid marks out in your road. I'm just warning you now. And they would get a crack at it. It was smart aleck, very prideful. But the people knew that I was very uh, strong in what I thought I'm selling myself, right? I want you to buy, use me to do your landscape. And so we would do the job and, and everything, and then people would come by, and there would be multitudes of people that would stop in front of the house. Who did your landscape? Who did your landscape? So I'm, 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 I'm showing you this. I'm not that prideful, arrogant guy no more, praise God. I don't do landscape sales anymore. But as a, as a carnal guy, I wanted people, and I believe God is very prideful and proud in a righteous state of, of what he's created in us. And I believe he enjoys displaying it to the world. So that the world can be like, look at God. Are y'all with me? It's like I want people, I would love people to come by me and go, man, there's so much humility coming from your life. You're so kind. Every word that comes out of your mouth, you're always bringing encouragement. You're always trying to make me feel better. You love people. You know, all the other people in my office complex, they go out drinking every Friday. You don't go. You're always coming to me asking me if I, if I need anything. One time I was sick and I asked, you know, hey, you got any Tylenol? I sure do, but can I pray for you? It's just something that's like, these people are different. One time he had a word of wisdom for me. I was going through a divorce and you gave me such insight. It really helped me. It drew me closer to God. Are you all with me? And I believe that's what the world is longing to see right now is the landscaped body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? I'm trying to give a picture. I hope it's making it clear. But God has put all of those things like I did. I would put all of that in place and I would step back and I would say, wow, that's really good. I like it. You like it? Yeah, I like it. You'll get your art of the month. 
So what is God saying? Do you know that as those trees and everything accent one another, you never have the ground cover sitting in front of the rock looking up going, man, I wish I wasn't a ground cover. Everybody's looking down at me all the time. I get stepped on half the time when the kids go cutting through the flower beds. The dog. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't want to be a ground cover. Y'all think that happens? No. And the lantana is not going, ah. These butterflies and the bees. Ah, I hate being a lantana. I'm always accenting you guys. If it wasn't for me, y'all wouldn't look good. I'm the guy down here blooming, right? But nobody cares about me. No, never happens. The rock doesn't say, man, I wish I wasn't a rock. This is boring. Hot when the sun's out and freezing cold when it's gone. I'm hard and crusty and... People sit on me. Dogs. I hate dogs. Right? No, it doesn't happen. Why do we do that? We do that. Can I tell you this last thing? God has simply put every single one of you in the giftings, the abilities, and the talents that he gave to you. That he gave to you. Brother and sister that he gave to you. Everybody's different. And everybody has a special part to play. If somebody's going to stand out there. And look at the beauty of Colorado. And see all of the beautiful things. If one of those parts is missing. You've lost the beauty. So I say this. Guys. I want to pray for us tonight that God would give us the eyes of our understanding. Paul described it as a human body. And I described it as not only a human body, but just the way plants function because it's very similar. All right. The landscaping parts that were put in by the architect were necessary if you have a good landscape architect. And I can tell you what, we got the best architect ever who has perfectly designed his body so that when he presents her to the world, everybody sees Jesus. And they're not seeing you and your spectacular ministry and your spectacular giftings and your such and such healing and such and such that. I see Jesus. And everybody part is absolutely necessary. I want you to stand with me tonight. So can I encourage you, friends, everybody in this room is friends of mine. If I haven't met you, I'd love to because I know there's people that come that are fairly new. But listen, God has put you right where you are. And if you have chosen, because God has revealed this to you, to make First New Testament Church your home. Listen, I believe God has placed you here. And I believe God has placed you here so that everybody in this room can profit From the body part that God's made you. Because it's very valuable. In the sight of God. And hey we get to work together. And not against each other right. 
The plants don't work against each other. They just do what God created them to do. I'm just going to be a lantana. And I love it. I love the butterflies. I don't mind the dogs. It's no big deal. The rain's coming. It's no problem. Amen. So I want you to open up your hearts tonight and say, God, how would you use my life? What body part have you made me? What type of different giftings and abilities have you planted in me? Now, at any given time, God can do anything through anybody whenever he chooses. We read it. But there are specific things that God has called you to. Maybe he's given you some insight to it already. And you just say tonight, God, I want to give my whole life to you. I don't want to look at everybody else and want somebody else's position or gifting or whatever it may be. But I just want what you have for me. Because at the end of this, all we really care about is God getting the glory. Unless it's about us. And then we get the glory and you lost your reward already. It's already thrown away and burned up when you get home. But if God's getting the glory, there'll be crowns given to you that you can go and bring to the feet of Jesus. And all the rewards and say, Lord, you did this. Amen. These altars are open. Let's talk to God tonight. Let's pray for one another. As you're coming to these altars, this is what we're praying for. God, would give us a spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling that you may know what is the hope of his calling guys what is the riches of the glory of his of his inheritance in you and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only now, but in that world which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus Christ, to be the head of for all the church. Which is the fullness of his body that fills all in all. Father, I pray tonight, God you would minister to us to these altars around this room. Guys, just begin to call out to God. Say, Lord, how would you use me? And maybe you're already knowing, Lord, I just want to function right there. And whatever you choose to do through my life, I'm all right with it. And if you're not all right, just tell him. Confess it to him. God, I'm not all right with it. I don't like this, or I don't like that, or I feel this way. God's okay if you confess that to him. He's going to help you. He sure has helped me. He's helping me today. Father, we thank you. We love you, God. Just worship the Lord, church. Just worship the Lord.